0: The mobile hunter is obsessed with exploring unfamiliar places and this is what our gear is designed to do. At Latitude Outdoors, we build mobile hunting equipment for hunters who like to move often and move fast. Whether you're an experienced whitetail hunter or new to the game, if you want to be mobile, we have options that are worth considering. Our saddles, climbing sticks, and platforms are made right here in the USA and are available at latitudeoutdoors.com. Thanks for checking out the gear and good luck this season. The climbing stick has finally gone metal free. Our goal for the Carbon SS climbing sticks was to make them as light as possible without sacrificing durability. And we wanted to make them stack flush so they're compact for saddle hunters and tree stand hunters. The new aerospace carbon fiber technology allowed us to achieve ultra lightweight specs and removed all moving parts and hardware for improved durability. The sticks also feature our patent-pending metal-free attachment method that makes setup easier, faster, and quieter. The Carbon SS Climbing Sticks are made right here in the USA and come with a five-year manufacturer's warranty. For more information, visit LatitudeOutdoors.com.
1: Welcome to the Life
0: Outdoors, where we
1: speak life into and through the outdoors. It's our goal to edify educate, and entertain. Our hope is that we move you past the unknown so you can experience everything the outdoors has to offer. Now here's your host, Nate Bailey and Gage Bailey. Hey guys, welcome to the Life Outdoors podcast. Before we jump into today's uh, content, I would like to kind of remind you that we have a website. It's thelifeoutdoors.com, and on the website we have a bunch of different resources for you guys. Um, Our goal here is to bring people into the outdoors, and the reason we want to do that is because we think the Lord uses the outdoors to show a lot of the truths that have been set up in this world, a lot of what what they call general revelation. And uh, what that means is is that you can find out something about the Lord. Now, I I realize it doesn't take you right straight to um, knowing everything about God and Jesus and things like that. But it does give you a good, overwhelming sense that there is a God. So um, that's why kind of what our main mission is, is to bring you into the outdoors um, for those of you who have, who have not been in the outdoors ever, so you can see some of those truths that, that are out there. And then uh, for those of you who are in the outdoors a lot, we're trying to point um, some of the truths that you guys know, you guys are already familiar with, you already have fallen in love with. You know, there's, man, like the uh, bugling elk in the woods, there's just nothing like, or, or even like uh, setting of the decoy, uh, wings coming into the decoys right before they put their feet down. Those are the kind of things, you know, that, that get our blood pumping and get our heart going and they all speak to the Lord. So that's what our, our mission is, is that's why we say bringing life in and through the outdoors. Um, so we believe in order to do that, you got to be able to be successful, right? You, you To get out there and do those things. So we also share, um, a lot of videos of showing not just uh, our uh, fellowship, which I think is very important to see guys getting, having a good time out there or even sweating together or even, even getting a little upset with each other. Um, I, cause I think that all speaks towards the reality of what goes on out there. So we, we make those videos. Um, we also make videos of, um, trying to show you the the methods that we use or the techniques or something that we've learned or we'll bring people on that have deck techniques that we don't know that um will help you guys be more successful in the outdoors. So that's that's another thing that we're we're trying to bring to you guys is is that um something that'll keep you out there. So if you're successful at it, you'll stay av- after it and, and we really want to see your you succeed. Um I get all the time I get emails from guys that are like, I've always wanted to hunt. I I just don't even know where to start. And, uh, we believe that that was given to you, that, that will to do that is not just you. Uh, um, you know, you just decided this, it's something that's deep inside of you that was programmed into you to be a part of. And so we believe that that is something that we need to help you with. It's part of our discipleship mission, mission is bringing you guys in. So, um, if that's you, please go over to the website, check out all the resources. It's there to help you. Um, and then also leave us or drop us an email. There's email addresses over there and there's places on the forums where you could talk, drop us some suggestions, some things that you're struggling with prayer request, um, all that stuff, drop us all that stuff. Um, and we're there to help you. That's our biggest deal. Um, so the next thing, also, is we're bringing stickers to that to thelifeoutdoors dot and our hope is with the stickers is what what you do is you grab a sticker. So if you're you're already listening to the Life Outdoors and and you're a, a avid outdoor hunter or fisherman, you can take the sticker, put it on your vehicle, and people will see you. Say you're in Sportsman's parking lot. People see that sticker. They know that you're approachable, that uh, you share the same values and. And the same idea and like-mindedness that of us um, that are producing this content that you want to help people get into the outdoors and and you want to um, see them through the outdoors and and all those things that sticker will kind of spread that so we're gonna have those up here pretty quick um, it's kind of a cool thing you know it's kind of like becoming part of a a group of hunters and fishermen that want to help other people, um, it's a good thing. So we'll have those coming up. Um, with that said, I think, I think that pretty much covered the, uh, um, so we have a podcast, we have a blog post, and then of course we have our videos from the YouTube channel. And also on the YouTube channel, we are also taking, um, we're also taking, our fun and our knowledge and all that stuff and trying to bring it to you as well. And right now we're running a series called into the unknown. Um, and it, this is the waterfowl series. So if you haven't signed up or, or subscribed to our YouTube channel, um, man, I would suggest you, you do, you, you'll find out, especially if you haven't hunted before. Um, you'll find out a ton of, um, just by watching us, you'll see, things that we do that'll that'll help you get into that into the unknown right get past the unknown and then we're also going to do we're also putting out some instructional videos to go along with that so um if you would go over there and you know if you just subscribe that doesn't mean that you're actually going to see what we put out every week um so there's a little bell there and if if you find you know the content there um, helping you get into the outdoors or, or, or motivating you to get into the outdoors. That's another thing is, it, you know, we edify, educate, and encourage. Well, in, we're trying to encourage you to get into the outdoors with some of the fun stuff that we do on those videos. But we're also um, we going to put out some of the things that we use, some of the equipment, how we use it and why we use it, and then um, the techniques. And so I think you'll find value in that. Um, I think that'll help you along in your progression towards the outdoors. So um, if you don't want to miss any of those, you hit that little bell and then that that will show up in your feed on YouTube. Just subscribing doesn't do that. It's kind of weird. I don't know why that's that way, but that's how it is. So without further ado, I'm going to get into my phone here and I'm going to go actually to the Life Outdoors um, uh, website because it's one of those places where... I actually uh, on the website itself. Um, I actually wrote a blog post that has got a lot of uh, people looking at it. So that was one of the things that I, I wanted to I wanted to go on here and make a podcast about that blog post because a lot of people have said a lot about it and uh, <laughs> what it what it uh, referred to was something that Paul said in Colossians and he was talking to the whole church and he was saying, Hey, look, church, you guys are all the church. Um, regardless of your backgrounds, you're now the church. And so you need to all be a part of the church and be something that's in the church. And, uh, he mentioned barbarians. Um, and I ran with that. I, I, I read that and I, I've read that verse a hundred times over and, um, I'm like barbarians, 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 why in the world would he mention barbarians? And, um, it was pretty interesting to me when I started looking at it, because, um, when I started looking up definitions and things like that, I realized that by definition, by the definition that, you know, Webster uses, um, barbarian was somebody that lived outside of culture kind of, and, uh, lived a little bit of way from, uh, civilization. Okay. So that's what they, they considered barbarians back in those days. So what I, what I, uh, I kind of am that person. I live out in the woods. I'd rather, I I like to live in the woods and, and I like to be around the woods a lot. And so, um, I was like, whoa, you know, Paul said that the church, that even barbarians and slaves and, and the pastors and all that are part of the church. And, uh, so I tried to figure out why would he say that and what does that mean about, um, barbarians? You know, what does that mean? So I thought, well, shoot, I'm going to kind of look that up and, and look at, look it up a little bit and, and find out kind of what those things are. So, um, when I look at it, I'm going to, I'm turning there now, um, one of the things that I want to read you and before you get too upset with me here about talking about barbarians, um, understand that, that barbarians means something different now than it did back then when Paul was writing this. And even down the road, um, like in the three hundreds, it meant something different. So, um, when, when you look at barbarians now, it means co- something completely different. Um, the, the, in, in, like in, in uh, the 300s, um, barbarians were considered people that were outside of Christianity, and that's not what I mean by when I said barbarians. Um, I, I got some feedback on that, that uh, people were a little upset when I, that that's what I was saying, and that is not what I was saying. Um, so let me read to you the context that I'm using this term, and, um, and I think it's the context that Paul was using it, and... So here it is. This is Webster's description of it. And it is a person from an alien land or culture or a group believed to be inferior and uncivilized or even violent. Well, if you look at hunters, too, a lot of people, were a very small culture. Um, to the majority of people, I, I was going to look it up and I, I didn't. But I think we're only like a 5% of the culture now. Used to be more. Um, and I think that's why sometimes we were a little bit more grounded as a, as a culture. Uh, we realized where our food came from and we knew the truce that, um, all that stuff comes through. We, you know, I bet you, if you walked into, ha- walked into a McDonald's today and asked half those people where their hamburger came from, they wouldn't know what it looks like to get a hamburger, what it takes to get a hamburger. So we kind of stand out outside of that as a hunter. You're, you're kind of outside of culture, right? So, um, Why do, do I think the church needs us? Well, there's three reasons here. Um, Paul says, so this is, this is the verse that Paul says is, uh, but now you must put all the anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. So he's talking about church unity here. Do not lie to one another and seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So check this out. He's saying here they are not Greek or Jew. So he's saying there's not, we're, we're not entitled by that anymore. We're, we're titled by something else. Now realize that the Greek and the Jewish Christians were completely different people coming from different cultures, but they were all united in Christ. And it says, circumcised and uncircumcised. So it's talking, you know, again, Greek and Jew. And then, check this out. Barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but all in Christ, all in all. So he's saying that we're all part of what Christ is doing on earth. And uh, it's cool that he mentioned barbarian because we kind of, as, as hunters, are kind of in that group. Or just rule people or in that group. So I found that very, very interesting. And I, and I think part of what, um, the Lord wants us to do is, is, you know, he told all of us to go out Matthew 28, 19. He says, go out and make disciples of all the nation. And I think we have something to bring to that as people who are around, um, a lot of truth. You know, if you're a hunter, you're around a ton of different absolutes that, uh, you deal with. And, if you need to know what I'm talking about with absolute truth, you can check out our YouTube channel. I I break it down really well on the YouTube channel, but, um, so I'm going to, these three things I'm going to, I'm going to tell you these three things are what I think. Um, being a barbarian or should I say a rural hunter or, or a person that, you know, is, is away from the, the city, I guess would be the easy way or away from common um, ideas of how you're, you know, nowadays our culture pushes on us all these different ideas of how how civilization is. And um, I would say that some of that stuff is getting in the way of knowing who God is. So here, here's the first one, uh, the natural world. So the ground, we know it, right? The second thing is, is violence. We, we see the actual fruit of sin um, in this world more than a lot of people. And I'll go back through and kind of tell you guys, um, wow, I came up with these. And then there's a high cost for blood. That's the last. Okay, so the first thing is the ground. Um, when you're in the natural world, so I was camping. I, I remember backpacking the first time with my wife. I took her in, and we were just doing an overnighter. And we got in, and I, by the way, if you have not backpacked, I mean, just lived off of your back, you need to do that for at least a weekend. Um, it'll, it'll give you a better perspective on things. Anyhow, we, we hiked in. You could only take the stuff that you could carry. So there's not a lot of stuff that you're taking. And you get in there, set up your tent, which is awesome. You know, most people didn't even have that back in the day. And then you get in early. We hiked in early that morning, got to the the lake, went swimming all day long, came back out of the, out of the lake, and we're trying to sit around camp, and all we had were rocks to sit on. I know that sounds like a small thing, but um, when you start looking at what you have around you, and all you have to sit on are rocks, you don't take your chairs for granted any longer. My lazy boy at home, I will never complain about it not being as comfortable as some other chair. So, by being a barbarian, by being connected to the land, I think it makes it gives you an idea when you go out and you're around the harshness of it gives you an idea of how much comfort you really do have and how thankful that should make you. Um, And if you're that thankful about um, just the stuff you have now, take that and make it spiritual. How thankful are you for what God has done? Um, Just the very fact that you have food, you know, that's a a spiritual thing, but, or a, a material thing, but it can turn very spiritual very quick. Now start thinking about what he has done for you and how thankful that that it's easy for me to, to jump to that conclusion from just uh, the stuff that he gives us. Right. Because it all kind of ties together. Your spirit and the material world ties together. And so that thankfulness slops over from the material into the spiritual. And then you start really thinking about the fact that he, um, that he forgave us and he gives us grace and man, you should feel really thankful about that. But if you sit and you, and you meditate on it while you're sitting on a rock, it becomes really a lot more apparent than if you're sitting at home watching or or sitting in your lazy boy at home, watching TV, you don't really even think about it. So I think barbarians bring that to the whole, um, idea of, or hunters, I should say, I'm going, I'm going to, substitute barbarians and I'm going to start saying hunters from here on out because that's how Paul was using the word. So, um, and that's how our culture looks at hunters. They look at them as kind of barbaric. So, um, I think that is, uh, pretty, a pretty good analogy of, of the ground, right? Of you get out there, you have to deal with this stuff. And, uh, it will start making sense to you a little bit more. Um, The second thing is violence. Violence is the fruit of sin. You look at the natural world all around you, there's violence around every corner. It really is. I mean, even out in the wild. Have you ever watched um, turkeys, wild turkeys? (laughs) Have you ever called any? Um, We have a video. If you haven't seen it, we have a video on our... Um, YouTube channel and you will see how violent turkeys can be in that video and and it always has struck me funny that that violence um, and, and I don't know it's not an evil thing when it comes to the turkeys but it's almost like they're acting out of turn like they've been infected with something that they cannot control and that's the truth you know that's what the, the curse happened when we first sinned and it went to every living creature. Matter of fact, it says that the Bible tells us that the, the creation is groaning for our salvation because when he comes back, that that's going to go away. So th- that violence is the fruit of our sin. And once we start looking at that, um, just the violence of a storm, if, if you get caught out in a lightning storm, now, it's one thing to be in your house and, and hear the rain hit the roof, and you're like, yeah, this is, oh man, it's rough outside. It's another thing when you're out in it. You really understand violence, and you understand that something in the world is messed up, um, or an earthquake, or, you know, just place anything in there. That violence is a result of our sin. So then you start looking back, and you start looking at just your spirit. You start... Do you guys know that you got a spirit? Uh, I hate to get off track here for a second, but I I need to do it. Um, There's a part of you that tells you how to think. You know, the part of you that argues with yourself. Well, that is your spirit. So with when that spirit. Chose not to follow God. um, It chose death. Understand that. So that's a dying spirit. And that dying spirit, although it, it has some resemblance of the Creator, it is dying. It's on the it's on its road to death. Now that once once you've given up that spirit and you become reborn, that's what actual becoming a Christian is: is you have God's spirit implanted into your spirit, and then it starts from death to life. Whereas, um, a sinful spirit started from Adam's life to death. And then your life to death the minute that you agreed with Adam and you started doing things your own way rather than God's way, your spirit started dying. It's dead actually. Anyhow, um, these are very spiritual things. You know when we talk about when we talk about how the death that our spirit brought by making those decisions, you see that by being outside. Um, if you have a heater and air conditioning and all that stuff, and you're sitting and watching TV, the whole rest of the world outside of those walls could be doing its thing and it could be very violent. And you don't realize that. I think we as hunters understand it better. We see turkeys that attack other turkeys after we shoot them. We see, um, elk going after each other. We see, uh, the results of a wolf tearing a uh, elk apart. We we see all this stuff and that's all a result of sin entering this earth. So then we know that there's something screwed up and it needs to be fixed. That's that great tension. So that great tension sits in you. and, And if you think about that great tension very long, um, hopefully you do. Hopefully it sits in you a little bit and you understand it, um, the problem is, I think the problem is in the in this civilized world is that tension isn't there. Uh, you know, the people coming over on the Oregon Trail, they knew that tension, right? They, they understood it because it was around them. They lived it. You know, living through a rainstorm, getting your wagon stuck in the mud, all those things were stuff that they lived through. Um, That something that you can't do, flying in a jet going across the United States. So civilization has taken something from us. Not that it's not. I'm I'm not saying it's all bad. I mean, don't get me wrong here. I like to fly across, you know, the United States and go over and go fishing somewhere else. I like all that. But what I'm saying is, it does take something away from the way that we think. It it changes our worldview, and uh, we don't actually ponder these things like we would if we were sitting in the middle of uh, the grasslands with a lightning storm over the top of us in a canvas tent so that's why it's good for us as hunters to uh, bring other people into it because you will experience that and in a very safe way thank goodness (laughs) but it does help so that will move us into the next thing And that's when we do get something. And that's the high cost of blood. Life. Um, We collect meat. Hunters uh, collect meat. It's kind of the weirdest thing in the world because one of the things that I really like in this life are ducks. Um, They're beautiful. I like watching them. During duck season, I'll just go watch them come fly in and land with their wings set. Um, My boys and I have started doing this. When we were, when my boys were just starting duck hunting, we would hunt this wildlife area and the ducks got, it was, it was flooded wheat in there. So it was really good duck hunting, but the ducks after a while would get really smart to the, to shooting light. They would understand that if they came in at a certain time, they were going to get shot. So they would all kind of wait until after shooting light. We pick off a couple here and there, you know, that, that couldn't help it any longer, but then we would pick up our decoys, lay back on our decoy bags, and just sit and watch the ducks come in and land. Um, that's kind of strange when you think about it. Uh, we like ducks that much that we would stay out there until dark watching this come in. Um, we actually had a, a game warden come up and he was he was seeing if we were hunting and and uh, when he came up and saw us, he was like, what are you guys doing? And we just said, well, we just like to sit and watch that evening flight come into the and watch them land in there. And he's like, yeah, you know, I like I, I kind of that's kind of part of why I like to do what I do in my job. And so we sat there and talked about how cool it was. And uh, these are the same animals that we shoot. So whenever we shoot one, my boys know exactly. Um, they love to watch them come in. They love the ducks. They love everything. But they also know the sacrifice it takes to put a duck meal on their plate. We know about blood, it's valuable. Um, hunters know that. You know, when you go in and you get a Big Mac and it comes in a cardboard box, it doesn't seem near as valuable as if it was an elk that you love to watch. I mean, we'll go down the road. I live, I live on a road where there's quite a few elk and every time I see an elk, I'll stop and pull over and take a look at it. Not because I'm like sitting there looking at like, I want to kill you. No, it's because I'm looking at it like, Whoa, there's elk there. And you guys all done that. Right. Um, so when we do kill one, it's, it's a weird thing, man. People don't get that about us hunters. Um, some people are starting to get it. That's why a lot of people are texting me and saying, Hey, I want to learn about hunting because I really want to know what's on my plate. I really want to be, I really want to be thankful for it. And I really want all this stuff. Um, it's weird that we sit and watch something and then when we kill it, um, we eat it. It's, it's so, uh, I get excited about this stuff because when you really sit and start thinking about it, it has so much truth to it. It points right straight back to the need for our, uh, uh, we, we have to have, um, a sacrifice and that sacrifice is something that we love. Um, that's what Jesus came for is he came and sacrificed his blood it, and it's costly. He, he, he bled for everything that we should bleed for. So every time that I, I kill an animal, um, that brings me right back to that realization that this was something that um, was a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to kill an elk. Um, just, you know, back in the early days, you guys might know the story of Pharaoh and Moses and how they had the Passover lamb finally at the end of the plagues. And they the people had to kill the lamb and then spread the blood over their door. And then they'd be passed over. They wouldn't be killed. Their firstborn wouldn't be killed. Well... Um, God did that. He uses hunting the same exact way. And when we start getting, or farming, you know, or any, any way that you, you understand where your meat comes from, you'll start to understand, um, you know, all that, all the sacrifices at the temples in Israel's day, all that, all the blood that was all to point right straight towards Jesus. And it's no different today. And hunters know that very well. Um, You know, you watch a lot of these hunting videos and things like that. The guys that are real good guys, the guys that really in it for the right reason, uh, born and raised guys, those guys, you know, and look at how much they value the life of the animal. Um, Well, that's a metaphor of what really taken place with Christ and his blood. So whenever we're we're doing that, we should go right straight back to him and understand that um, there's a lot of sacrifice in that blood. So those are the three things um, I think we bring to the church. Um, I think that uh, hunters are a big part of that, and that's what we at The Life Outdoors are really about. We're trying to um, speak a truth into you guys' lives through the realities that you live. I mean, through the stuff. We don't want to just bring concepts, right? We want to show you, because I don't live in concepts. I live to where the concepts are studied, they're passed on to me, and then I I look at them and I use them from there, um, in my everyday life. And that's where true, um, life comes from. And that's, you know, that's actually where Christianity is. It's, it's in that relationship that Christ brings to us through the truth of his knowledge. And the minute that we remember, I talked about that spirit, the minute that we give up on our own and we say, yeah, Lord, we, we can't do it. We can't be good enough to please you. Um, we need you in us to make us good. Um, we give up, we repent from all the bad, we accept you and, uh, we want your life. Well, see the minute that that happens, that's, that's what brings us into this reality of living a real true life. And, uh, until you do that, I make no qualms about this until you do that, you really are chasing a bunch of different things and nothing's going to satisfy you. Um, even elk hunting, even elk hunting is good as it can be. And it's good in the wrong pretenses is never going to satisfy you. It never is good enough. Well, that's because you're searching for the true life and that's what the, that's what the Lord does. And so that's why the life outdoors exist is to try to bring those concepts that are being taught theological schools and stuff like that. And then, and, and, and then try to break them down into the real life nitty gritty dirt, um, of living. And, uh, Thank God for the guys that study that stuff and pass it on to us. Thank God for that. Um, But also, I think also there needs to be some barbarians out there to uh, show it. So that's what we're doing here at the life outdoors. That's what that blog post was all about. Hopefully you guys got something from it. Um, Hey, look, if this is helping you guys out, please leave us some comments. We, we really want to know how we can help you guys. And, um, you know it takes a lot of time effort and money to do this so we want to make sure that we are spending that time money and effort in things that are actually helping you so please leave us give us some feedback if this is something that's that's helped um, if you need more clarification if you uh, would like some prayer requests, or if you think we're just playing out wrong um, that last thing we really want to do is be wrong um, i don't think of course i don't think we are i think we've studied it out prayed it out pretty hard but um please leave us some feedback so I think that pretty much covers it but um until then you guys uh keep on living thanks for listening to the Life Outdoors Podcast join the life nation by spreading this podcast or by going over to our YouTube channel giving us a subscribe or even by following us on Instagram. All these things help spread the lie. Alright, thanks guys for listening. Keep living. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. In Wild Country, The challenge of what's outside brings you closer to what's inside. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, presented by Expedition Enterprises. It's going to get a little hairy. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.